Hey everyone, it's Allison here with New Little Life. I'm an internationally board certified lactation consultant, a nurse, a doula, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the New Little Life podcast, we'll talk with real moms about their breastfeeding experience, the good parts and the bad, and share real and practical advice about breastfeeding. Connect with and learn from other moms and professionals to help you meet your breastfeeding goals. All right, here we go again, another great episode. Today we're gonna be talking with Jaren. She's a registered dietitian and an IBCLC, just like me, which is an internationally board certified lactation consultant. She serves as an expert in women's health. While continuing to practice in the field of eating disorder treatment, Jaren gained additional experience as an IBCLC to fuse her love of nutrition and women's health. Now she's working solely in private practice, Jaren combines her expertise as a skilled nutrition therapist and a lactation consultant to support moms in nourishing themselves and their babies with confidence. In our interview today, she really opened up about her personal story, which I was so thankful she did. I really learned a lot from her and it changed some views I had about specifically postpartum body image. She talks really candidly about her struggle navigating postpartum life after a rocky relationship with food, body image, and even struggling with an eating disorder. This was a very real interview from a now professional who has really come full full circle, which is actually the name of her practice, (laughs) which I think is great that she really took her story and made it something that can help other moms. You're going to love this chat. So let's jump right into our conversation with Jaren. Today's guest um, with me, I have Jaren. Welcome to the podcast, Jaren. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, this is going to be fun. All right. So why don't you just start off and tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your family, your practice. I'd love to just know it all. Mm-hmm. Well, I have all the things for you. So okay. um, where should I start? My you know, story is really kind of an intermix of both personal and professional. My practice right now is called Full Circle and is a product of you know, my personal experience um, really coming full circle. So that was really kind of the core tenet and value of feeling like my personal experiences have really led me to want to guide others um, in having a different experience and supporting them in a different way or in a way that, you know, I wish I had been supported um, specifically through, you know, my breastfeeding experience, but also through, you know, an interplay of, um, you know, different pieces of my relationship with food and body image, pretty open about sharing about my experience, which, you know, encompassed um, struggling with a significant eating disorder for a large majority of adolescence and into my adulthood, and how informative that experience really was during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, And, you know, my daughter is nine now, and at the time, there really wasn't much awareness of just, you know, what might happen for someone in recovery from an eating disorder during the space of pregnancy and postpartum. 
Um, and so that's really the space that I work in now. I have a background, um, my experience as a dietitian is working specifically in supporting individuals in recovery from eating disorders mm-hmm. and, you know, anywhere along that spectrum. So sometimes there's disordered eating. Sometimes there is um, just someone who's struggled with dieting or, you know, their weight for all of their life. And they have this chaotic relationship with food and body image. And, you know, none of us, in my experience, I've met maybe a few, but I feel that none of us really get to navigate pregnancy and postpartum without having some kind of impact on our relationship with food or body. And so Full Circle is really about, you know, providing a space for anyone along that spectrum, um, you know, to have a space to be able to process a little bit about their relationship with food and body image and also how it connects with our breastfeeding and feeding experiences. So that's a little bit about um, Full Circle and, and my story. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's great. I am really looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your story. Um, so why don't we just start at the beginning? Can you, so you have one daughter and she's nine years old. Can you start and tell us like, you know, what was your situation when you got pregnant? Had you planned on breastfeeding? Um, you know, what was your support like at that time? Just start wherever you want at the beginning there. Um, or maybe it's before that you mentioned some struggles in adolescenthood, just wherever you'd like to begin. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's tough in terms of all the layers that were kind of going on for me at that time. Um, but I was only 20 when I had my daughter and it was an unplanned pregnancy. Um, I was a single mom through, you know, basically through my pregnancy and through early postpartum experience, my relationship was just not healthy and supportive. Um, and now I just have so much appreciation for, you know, the like younger me nine years ago that was navigating so much during pregnancy and postpartum with, you know, such a huge shift in like life and becoming an adult and becoming a mother. So, um, yeah, I still had so much healing to do, you know, in terms of my eating disorder recovery, I had found a pretty solid place in terms of my relationship with food and body image, but, um, pregnancy and postpartum really brought up a lot of those different layers. So I really struggled with, um, just navigating being in my body during pregnancy and really feeling really unsafe and ungrounded. Um, you know, I didn't have a like safe supportive partner. I had, you know, some, some close family and friends, but you know, my friends were in college. Um, they yeah, had a little no different, different about place. what I was navigating during that time. Yeah. So I think, you know, part of what my experience now has been is really understanding like I just really didn't feel kind of like accepted into this village of moms. Um, and now I have such a great community of moms and support of all different ages and experiences, but um, that really impacted my my breastfeeding experience because I didn't, because of my own internal kind of thoughts and struggles, I didn't feel like I had access to these networks of support. Um, so I knew that I wanted to breastfeed and I did, um, but I didn't, you know, have support of a lactation consultant except for in the hospital. Um, and we did okay, but there was just this piece that I still don't really know how to describe other than like feeling like I didn't have access or didn't belong in these like networks of moms at that time. Um, so that's, what's so important to me now is like, 
everybody's included, you know, whatever your experience is. Um, we all have this, you know, joint experience of motherhood, um, no matter what that is. Yeah. So had you kind of recovered a bit from that eating disorder you had in like adolescence, early adulthood when you got pregnant, or was that still kind of a, a thing for you that just carried through? I'd love to know where you were at mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I say, you know, that I had a good amount of quote, quote, foundational work. And, you know, everyone's experience is really different. Some people have access and get, you know, um, the ability of like going to treatment programs. I had a very like limited amount of that earlier in my adolescence, but at the time of pregnancy, um, you know, was not having like frequent symptoms, but was more along the lines of just really being uncomfortable in my body. And throughout pregnancy, I would say it was pretty low grade, if that makes sense, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> wasn't as present for me. Um, but postpartum and breastfeeding was really where I started to, um, just notice within myself, like a lot of urges and thoughts around like weight loss and wanting my body to be a certain way. Um, you know, noticing a lot of desire to change my food in response to how I was feeling emotionally. Um, and all of those pieces can be, part of what, you know, any of us might experience during postpartum. Um, but if you specifically have a a history of an eating disorder, um, those are are red flags. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So we often talk about some of the like physical challenges of breastfeeding. So like in the first couple of weeks, you know, um, just getting it figured out. Do you feel like that went pretty well for you? And then it was more like the emotional kind of psychological stuff that was hardest for you. How was the actual physical act of breastfeeding? Did it go okay in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's it's for many of us, right? Like it's kind of hard to remember, but I don't think I remember even taking like a prenatal breastfeeding class. I just, I had a doula and I remember like doing a lot of my almost in like a hyperactive way because I was like this young mom and felt like I really needed to like over function. So like I really over prepared for my birth and like for breastfeeding and like felt like I had to be the best mom. Um, that was a humanly possible at that time. Um, so I felt like I was pretty prepared and my initial experience, you know, was within the spectrum of normal, um, like some cracking and bleeding and things like that. But I never thankfully had like any like crazy mastitis or, you know, um, anything that was like a huge barrier in my breastfeeding experience. Um, with the exception of something I talk about now is noticing, um, you know, the interplay between breastfeeding and weight loss, which was a huge theme for me and feeling like I really, um, kind of relied on breastfeeding to help me feel like I was controlling my weight, um, or relied on pumping in order to feel like I could burn extra calories. Um, so, and those are, are red flags too in our, the language we use when we're working with parents. Um, and for me and my personal experience, it was a, a red flag of after that point, seeking some more support with, with therapy around my recovery. So I hear this a lot in mom groups and I've heard professionals say this too, like a, a pro of breastfeeding is that you can lose weight because you are burning more calories. And, um, I see posts in, in mom groups on Facebook and stuff sometimes where moms will be like, is anyone not losing weight here? Like, am I the weird one? And there's many moms in that same boat, but I don't know why that's such a 
just like shared idea that breastfeeding can help you lose weight, which maybe it can. I don't know. Do you want to expound on that mm-hmm. a little bit? What do you think? Yes. I mean, it's, it's so different for everyone. Um, my biggest hope is that like we can uncouple it. I think as lactation consultants, you know, our hope is to really help the parents make informed decisions around feeding, um, whatever that means for their family, but that they're not going to be motivated, um, by the idea that it is only going to help them, you know, lose weight or they are prolonging something, um, in a way that maybe isn't in attunement with their goals and their baby's needs because of this connection that they think it has, you know, towards weight. I also, I don't know if you see this too, but I see a lot of parents who are wanting to discontinue breastfeeding because they hear that breastfeeding makes you retain weight or stops you yes, from like, I've also heard that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, I think of what I share with my clients really often is just, that is an adaptive mechanism of our body. Um, so especially when we're breastfeeding, it is about, you know, conserving energy and helping our bodies really recover from birth. So, you know, we can't fake the funk, essentially. We can't trick our bodies into trying to be in a place that feels unsafe for them energy-wise um, just because, you know, we want to be more comfortable. So, I think of like, you know, what we consider like this mom pooch, right? And like mm-hmm. during our lactation training, I always share that, you know, we learned what that's for the baby to do the breast crawl and how amazing that is. And, you know, actually retaining fat and adipose tissue is a survival mechanism in the case that, you know, your baby needs extra energy if you weren't getting enough through your diet, um, that's accessible for your baby. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of reframing that I really try to do with my clients um, on that piece and also shifting expectations of it is totally normal not to, you know, lose weight during that time, depending on what your experience with food and weight has been before. Someone who's dieted their entire life and then, you know, gains weight during pregnancy and then arrives in postpartum, that's going to be a totally different experience. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How interesting. I, some of these things I just have never thought about in the way that you're describing them. Mm -hmm. Do you remember in kind of going back to your personal experience here, do you remember at what point postpartum these kind of feelings and thoughts started to creep in? Cause I'm just like remembering my most recent postpartum and your body just kind of messed up from the beginning. Like it does not look like it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, was there a point where you're like, man, I should have bounced back by now. Or was it just like from the beginning postpartum, it was a struggle? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it really was this like six week mark because that was kind of all I knew, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's everything that I had read. It was like, okay, I can give my body in my mind. It was like, that means I have permission to like relax for six weeks and I, you know, don't need to worry about it. Like my body's still recovering from birth. Um, but after six weeks I should probably like get back on the wagon, so to speak, and like, you know, kind of work on things. And so really from that place up until three months, I mean, I was really kind of actively really aware of, um, you know, movements and nutrition and those pieces. And I mean, these are all like really important things to be aware of. I'm not, you know, shifting away from that at all. It's just depending on what your birth experience was. And for most of us, all of us, six weeks is not enough. Um, you know, and 
and you have permission to really meet yourself wherever you're at and to give your body whatever time and space it, it needs to heal. Yeah. This six week mark, I agree, is kind of in people's brains as like, you get six weeks and then you have to start real life again. And it's, I mean, it, in my opinion, it takes almost a year to really like get a body back. I don't want to say normal to the new normal. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow. Especially these moms that go back to work at six or 12 weeks. I'm just like, that's yeah. uh, the, the U.S. Uh, maternity system has some issues, which is a whole nother episode. But Absolutely. Um, wow. Okay. So even at 20 years old, you were kind of aware of these thoughts and feelings you were having. Did you find help at that point or did you muddle mm-hmm. through on your own? Yeah, I, you know, after that point, a, a few months, um, there's, there's so many layers to my personal experience, which I'll just touch on because I feel like they're informative to understanding a little bit, but it was maybe my daughter was like six to nine months old. And I really started, um, actively kind of reengaging with therapy again and, um, really started kind of working on some of these pieces. But, you know, during that time, um, there was, you know, the separation from my daughter's father and, um, just feeling, like I said, ungrounded and like a lack of support, which, you know, now is like, a total trauma response to everything that was going on in my life. Um, and I always talk to my clients about, you know, understanding that like eating disorders aren't about the food, right. Of like, these were symptoms of, you know, what was going on for me internally at that time. And so when I started to have a little bit of safety and get a little bit more support therapeutically, um, it really helped me kind of step away from some of those, what we call safety behaviors. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was turning to food and to my body image and it was like this huge distraction of like, oh my God, I'm 20 and I'm a single mom and I'm like going to college and doing this all on my own. And this is really hard. Um, so mm-hmm. I started to get a, a language at that point. So you were in college to become a dietitian at the time. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so, in a, yeah, I was just starting some of my schooling at that point. Yeah. So how important was nutrition to you during your breastfeeding experience? Like, were you paying attention to what you eat, you know, and how does that compare to now, how you kind of teach your clients and breastfeeding people how to eat while they're pregnant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so different because, um, you know, and I don't know if a lot of people know this about um, people who become dietitians and what our training is like, but unfortunately, dietitians are one of the professions that have a really high incidence of eating disorders and disordered eating. Really? Um, yes. Why do you, Why is that? I'm curious. <laughs> Um, because we are, you know, we really don't receive training on understanding all of the complex pieces of like the emotional and behavioral aspects of food oh, and nutrition. Okay. It is very embedded in like this, you know, medical model of like, you know, if you are overweight, um, that is bad. And like, here's what you need to do to control your weight. 
Um, so, you know, my experience of like becoming a, a dietitian is like, well, I know a lot about food and I know a lot about nutrition. Like, let me just tell other people what to eat. Um, which unfortunately is a, a lot of how a lot of people enter the dietetics profession. And it really wasn't until I started to, I was really solid in my recover recovery at that point. I was, you know, what I consider recovered when I started to work in the eating disorder field, um, and just really realized you know, my paradigm was really different. So to kind of go back to your question about my nutrition during that time, looking back on it now, because I am fully recovered and I practice from a framework of what's called intuitive eating and help at every size. Um, it was like very, what I would kind of describe as like careful, (laughs) um, very like precise in terms of nutrition, like thought that I had to have like a perfect diet. Um, everything had to be really quote, quote, clean. Um, you know, and I think that's really common because we live in diet culture and it's a huge theme of what I see now with parents too, is feeling like in order to breastfeed, I have to be so hyper aware of my nutrition. Um, and just thinking about how that impacts our relationships too. Oh, yeah. I moms often ask like, what should I be avoiding? What should I be eating? And I do feel like some of them are hyper aware of, you know, everything I eat, my baby gets, and this is super important. And it is, I mean, to some degree, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you kind of counsel people now? Like where can they go to find what, they should be eating or should not be eating? How much should they actually be stressing about this? Not stressing, aware. How much should they be aware of what they're eating? Mm-hmm. Well, it's absolutely, you know, a wonderful time to understand a little bit more about nutrition if you really haven't understood much about, you know, um, how it impacts you and your body. And it certainly is something to really focus on to try to optimize things with your baby. Like we all want to try to support our baby's health and our health as, as best as possible. Um, most of my clients know a lot about nutrition and most right. of us do, you know, we have so much information accessible to us. Um, but it can just be that point of being really kind of hyper aware around it. So I really practice with my clients, what's called, um, gentle nutrition, which is a, a principle of this intuitive eating practice, which is what I teach. Um, and gentle nutrition is really about, you know, appreciating nutrition. And so understanding like, yes, there are certain things that I can focus on during postpartum that are going to be supportive for me. And also I just had a baby, so I'm going to keep some frozen canned options, um, you know, on hand because they're going to be quick and easy. And that can also be nourishing for me. So really having this, you know, what I call the middle path or this gray area of like not having it be black and white and rigid and it has to be perfect um, or all or nothing, but really having this gentle nutrition of like, you know, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm going to be mindful of it, but I'm also, I'm not going to stress because when we start to stress or when we, you know, are perfectionistic around it, it raises our stress level and that just undoes all the things that you're trying to do in your body. Yeah. Do you see any difference in moms that are breastfeeding versus moms that pump a lot? Um, in mm. when you can see your milk, especially that fat separation, I feel like moms get really hung up on like the amount of fat layer they have in the milk. Do you see any correlation there with moms that are breastfeeding or moms that can see the milk that they produce? Mm. Um, correlation in terms of like how aware they are of their nutrition. Correct. 
Yeah, I don't know if I have seen that. Um, I definitely see this like hyper awareness of if you are pumping, not only can you see how much you're getting, which I think we see a lot, right? Because yeah. it's, um, you know, just more like tangible, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have seen that so much in my experience, but I certainly really work with my clients on like understanding like trying to move away from those external markers, which like the pump is, is one of them, right. Of like, how much am I pumping? Like how much um, fat is on top and like really trying to get back in tune with our bodies and like, okay, how do we know your baby is getting enough? How do we know they're satisfied? How are you feeling physically after a breastfeeding? Um, Do you have enough energy? Are you hydrating well? And like tuning into those internal pieces a little bit more. Oh, I love that mindset a lot better than the external factors, how you phrase that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Do you ever have um, clients who are just like, I don't have the time or the brain space to focus on nutrition like at all. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How how bad is that for your breastfeeding baby? I mean, I kind of know the answer to, there's not a correct answer, but I'd be, I'd love to know your thoughts on moms that are just like, I can't think about this at all. I mm-hmm. don't have the brain space. Mm-hmm. Is that going to negatively affect my baby, you know? Yeah. Interesting. I don't think, um, I've really, I've really seen that, but again, I might just be seeing a certain like population of clients in a certain, certain area. But, um, yeah, I mean, the answer that you and I know is that you don't have to have a perfect diet to breastfeed, um, and you're doing the best that you can. And sometimes doing the best you can is meeting your energy needs. Um, it would be wonderful to, you know, tune in a little bit more to like how it's making you feel and, you know, optimizing some of the nutrients that are going to be higher during that time. Um, but I would imagine like in a client situation like that, that that individual is going to feel it after a certain point, mm-hmm. right? They're going to feel it like physically. Um, what kind of things do you think? Like, how would you know if you needed to adjust your diet a little bit for you personally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we hear all the time, like hunger level is one. So that would be one. I mean, a lot of moms don't like, they're not paying as much attention to making sure they're eating enough, right? Like they Mm -hmm. just, it's like, you're all over the place and like, did I eat breakfast? Like, oh, I grabbed a handful of like something, but I don't really know what I had or if I had enough. Um, so awareness of, you know, your hunger and fullness levels would be one and energy levels would be another one. That one's always kind of tricky and variable. Cause like you're probably not getting enough sleep and your hormones are on a roller sure. coaster. Right. Um, but I think of hunger, I think of our energy levels. I also think of our mental health and our mood. Okay. So again, you know, that one's tricky because depending on your birth experience, um, depending on, um, just, other factors overall in terms of your health, um, your health history, you might be more susceptible to mood fluctuations overall. But if you are having huge swings and you're having a hard time regulating your emotions, um, that's usually going hand in hand with your blood sugar. So that would be another sign that, you know, we might need some attention with nutrition. Yeah. So how do we stop this? Like, weight and diet focused culture, especially with these postpartum moms, you know, like, how do we, how do you really tell them like, you are fine, you know, you don't have to lose weight. I mean, you don't have to lose weight ever, really. But especially there's a lot of pressure, because your body looks very different 
after you have a baby. And if a mom wants to look better or feel better, does she have to wait, you know, one, two, three years or whatever till she's done breastfeeding? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was multiple questions in one, but such a, yes, but such a, a huge topic. And there's a few things that jumped out in my mind. Um, the first one that I always speak on with this is, is really validating it. Like, I mean, you and I have had our own experiences with it. And like, especially as someone who like works in the field, like it is a really difficult experience. So I always validate and hold space for that because it is so uncomfortable, especially because we receive so many of these messages and we have this expectation that our bodies are just going to quote, quote, bounce back. Um, But I try to look for like the underlying need. And I really try to help my clients identify that. So the client is telling me that, you know, they just want, they want to lose weight because they want to feel like themselves again, or um, they just want like something to feel normal again right? I feel like it's more of what I gather from that. And this is going to be totally individualized, but it's usually like, I need to feel like I can be good at something again. Like I need Mm -hmm. to know that I have like mastery over something. I have this baby. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm having to learn so many different things. Um, Sometimes it can be, you know, uh, a symptom of needing more help and support too. Um, so I try to like help kind of understand that it can really get twisted in the wires. Um, but we need to kind of separate out like what is actually a concern around like food and weight and health and what's actually like an emotional need because it can really get tangled up. Um, so that's one piece that really comes to mind is trying to like meet our needs first versus just going to food or going to weight or body image. Um, and the second one is, practicing what I call, um, body neutrality. So not expecting ourselves to be in a place of like, I love my body and I'm totally happy with this. Um, and you know, I would love that and support that for anyone, but a lot of us might not feel that way and that's okay. Um, so holding some space to just, you know, can you be neutral around your body right now? You don't have to love it, but like, let's not be awful to our bodies and not take care of ourselves or not buy ourselves a new bra or new clothes because you're trying to lose weight to get back into them. It's just going to make you feel miserable. Um, let's try to just be neutral, like take good care of yourself right now and give your body some space. So those are, you know, I could go on about a few other things, but those are the two kind of main themes that I'd really touch on. Wow. Okay. I'm taking that last one, that body neutrality thing. I'm going to use that in my life because as you were talking, not only is there this like weight and um, bounce back culture, there's also this other extreme culture that's like, love your postpartum body, love these changes that have happened. You're a mother, like call your stretch marks, your like tiger stripes or something. And I have never like many moms resonated very well on that side either. I don't really mm-hmm. love a lot of these changes, but I mean, for I don't personally hate them either, but I really love what you just said about finding that place of body neutrality where it's okay that I don't love this. And it, it I also need to not hate it, you know, and just be there. So what right. a, what a great place to be, I think from postpartum moms. Yeah. That's such a, it's such a good point. I think, we've done such a better job of like trying to encourage parents, um, you know, of like expecting that your body's going to be different. Right. But, um, 
yeah, just to, to validate that, like, it's okay to still be uncomfortable in that. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Let's talk about resources. So postpartum moms, they're all over because they're up breastfeeding at crazy hours and they're always online searching. So where are some places they can go for resources on, you know, nutrition in breastfeeding, um, you know, body image things. I don't know any places that you can suggest that they go to find some good information to make healthy choices and be in a good place. Yes. Well, don't go down a Google rabbit hole. Um, that's not helpful. And yeah. they're usually going to be, you know, filled with different like weight loss messages because moms are a huge target, unfortunately, yeah. specifically around nutrition and postpartum. Um, I wish every um, parent had access to a dietitian after me birth. Too. Really oh, me too. Yeah, just like an IBCLC, but somehow the dietitian thing hasn't really quite gotten there yet. But um, that's literally what we're trained to do is help you decode all of the different messages around nutrition and get you evidence-based information um, that is individualized to your needs right? So Mm -hmm. you might not just be a breastfeeding parent, you might be a breastfeeding parent that has PCOS and has been dieting and weight cycling for all of your life. That is totally different than just Googling foods for breastfeeding, right? Totally. Um, So, you know, I really would encourage if you are wanting to have more um, support around nutrition to look for a registered dietitian um, in your area, one that can meet with you virtually because you're going to get the most individualized support. Um, I also, you know, authored the postnatal cookbook, which I think is a good place to start in terms of um, finding some of that basic information around nutrition in a way that's non-diet and isn't centered around weight loss. It's just supposed to help you support your nutrition stores and repletion um, and integrate some different recipes in there too. I talk about um, some of the resources that I use in my practice, which include the intuitive eating book and workbook. Um, there's some wonderful resources on their website as well. Um, so those are some good places to start. I'll mention one last one too, which is in the postnatal cookbook, which is, um, health at every size, which talks a little bit more about some of the concepts I've touched on today about like, um, weight neutrality and different pieces in that nature. Oh, that's great. We'll put um, all of those resources down below in the show notes. So make sure you go and check those out. I actually am really excited to um, dive into your book. I looked at the first little bit of it and it looks awesome. There's recipes and stuff in there and, um, very cool. So if you're looking for something as a, a, a postnatal person, um, breastfeeding or not really, and you're just like, I don't know, I can't learn all this stuff, but I just need some guidance and some quick little things to do. I feel like that's a really great resource for mm-hmm. new parents. Absolutely. Because you can't just like, for me, I mean, this has been my experience for most of my clients of like, okay, I need to focus on vitamin E or vitamin A. And it's like, I'm not counting sources of like vitamin A or E, right? Like tell me how to incorporate them into my day, into recipes or things that are going to be easy and tangible for me. And that's how I can integrate it a little bit more. So um, that's kind of the hope. It's like, what's practical and doable? Yeah. All right. As we kind of close up this interview here, can you give us any kind of last advice um, for new moms, either about breastfeeding or nutrition, you know, anything that you typically tell a lot of your clients or moms, something that they could take with them after this? Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, Probably a million things just popped into your brain. A million things. Yeah. And I was going to say, okay, (laughs) there's one thing, but I'm probably going to make it too. Do it. Um, Yeah. So I really think of like the biggest piece that you can really do for your baby and for, you know, like the feeding relationship is um, really to do your own work and to do your own healing um, around your relationship with food and body image and learn a little, a little bit more about intuitive eating. Um, our babies are such amazing examples of being intuitive eaters. So I always love using the analogy of, you know, your baby is your mirror, right? Like you're not regulating your baby. You're not um, counting their calories unless like super specific situations where you have to monitor your baby's intake, but um, they can be such an amazing example of like how we can be in attunement. And that's just really important to me because I wish every parent had access to that. I think it's a huge piece of healthy attachment to our babies. Um, It's a huge piece of fostering a healthy relationship with food and body for our kids, which is, you know, what most of my clients want. They want to not pass on any of this diet food stuff to their kids. Um, so that's, that's a huge piece that I would like to share. Wow. I never thought of that as kind of using your baby as an example, because they kind of get fussy and tell you when they're hungry and you feed them and then they're fine. And then again, you know, and so to kind of use that as an example, like don't overeat, don't undereat, just eat when you need, when your body needs fuel and put the right kind of stuff in there. So absolutely. Wow. I've never thought about that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. This has been such a fun interview. Okay. All the links you send me that I'm going to share with our listeners. I'm going to go check out too, because I really want to know some more about what you're doing and stuff. Do you do virtual um, consults or is most of your practice local? I do. I do do virtual consults. Um, you know, not only for breastfeeding, which Fortunately, we can take PPO plans now, which is really exciting, um, but primarily for nutrition counseling. So if you're looking for some of that individualized support, if you have a specific experience similar to mine or anything along that spectrum, um, that's really kind of my sweet spot and really supporting parents in that stage. I think it's really important to find a professional, you know, because even in the IBCLC world, we all have such different areas of expertise. Like if someone came to me with these questions, I don't know if I would be able to really help them. Well, I know I wouldn't at the level that you could, because this is your area, you know, where I have kind of a different area of speciality. And so I think it's really important to note that not all providers are equal. And if you come to one and they are not meeting your needs or giving you the right information, go find someone else and no one's going to be offended, you know? So absolutely. Yes. Advocate for your, for your needs. And, you know, I always say your, your healthcare providers work for you, right? Like we work for our clients. So you should find people that really are meeting your needs and are in alignment with your values and goals. Wonderful. Thank you, Jaren, so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're seeing patients and stuff today. So thank you so much for chatting with us. I learned a lot and I know my listeners are going to love you too. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the space with me to share a little bit more about my practice and my story. Again, all the links from today's episode will be down in the show notes so you can visit those. You can also see everything that New Little Life is doing over on my website, which is newlittlelife.com. And we'll see you later. Bye, Jaren. Bye.